Welcome to Cowl Fans, a Popped Off production, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the First Brandon Studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Haller. And um, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's mm -hmm. be honest with ourselves, okay? Because we're going to hit some rumors that are probably going to be announced at like noon today, but our show <laughs> probably isn't going to show up on your feed until like 2 today. And yep. so, but we're recording at 7. 7 in the morning. So for those of you who didn't know that, yeah. Just enjoy that. If you're like, man, these guys just released an episode. They're already behind. We know. Yeah, it's kind of... It, it works great once the season will start. We'll be able to give you the freshest takes of what happens over the weekend. Yeah. Versus the off-season, not exactly the greatest time. No. But, it, you know, it's, it's the off-season, right? The, the point of the off-season is not to be as good as the main season. <laughs> That was the on season, if you will. Oh, oh, very good, very good. And that's when our timing will be on point. Hey, I like it. I like it. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make this change here. Sure. Here we go. All Perfect. right. Good change. Good. All right. <clears throat> so, man, oh man, nothing's happened the past two weeks. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no Overwatch League news. So we're just going to talk about League of Legends. What's League of Legends? The game Faker plays in. That doesn't sound real. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot has happened. A lot a lot has happened. Yeah. Um, some rumors have come true. Uh, new things have been reported. And some things have just come out of left field. That's so, true. That's true. I would like to start with our hometown news and lack thereof. Yes. And then roll from there. Okay. That, that's that what we're sounds do. like a, a good strategy. That's the casual plan. Let's do it. All right. So, Florida Mayhem, on Friday, when the teams were... Well, they have to have had yes. eight people locked in. So, so Florida Mayhem, who has eight people locked in, or at least pending yes, approval... Yes, at least behind the scenes, they've, they've locked in an eight-man roster. Um, didn't tell us who they were. Yep. They posted a meme. They did post a meme. Saying that they're waiting for league approval, basically. Summary of meme. Yep. Um, but, they meanwhile, as, would steal their as everyone literally just posts their rosters with parentheses hey. pending league approval, for whatever reason, Florida can't do that. Which, which makes me wonder. So, we have two people who are, who are reported to be joining the Florida Mayhem, and we'll get to that. But yep. I will give a spoiler, if you haven't seen it yet, neither of them are from existing OWL teams. Right. And to me, if those are the only two people you're assigning, why wouldn't you just say pending league approval? The only thing that, to me, would need league approval before it could be official would be an Overwatch League trade or acquisition from an existing Overwatch League team. I believe they all need approval. I, I mean, they all need to be approval, approval, but, like, to be announced. Oh. Uh, I mean, a lot of these guys have been posting trades, though, pending league approval. Too. Have they been pending league approval? That's some what I couldn't remember. Some of them. Not all of them. But it's right, happened. Just burn my tinfoil hat. Microwave it. I will. And then I will burn my house down. <laughs> so, like Florida, instead of an announcement, has rumors from... And these are from Halo, right? Yes. Who? Right. Granted... Historically, if we look at not this offseason, hasn't always been the most consistent. He hasn't messed up yet this offseason. So True. at this point, 
he seems to be like our best resource that isn't Jacob Wolf, who only reports like in the biggest of big. Right. So um, Florida has been reported to be picking up Yaki and Gangnam Jin. Did I say that right? Jin. Jin. Oh, close. You got Gangnam Jin. right. Good Gangnam job. Gangnam Jin. Um, and, and they're uh, they're kind of uh, doubling down on Chris there, huh? Yeah. So a lot of people were expecting um, Chris to be one of the people who were replaced. Like when you were thinking about our current existing seven. So we had every role covered. Yes. Plus one, two main tanks. The, the roles where people were expecting to be replaced was a new support line and then a new projectile DPS. That was kind of the general fan consensus of what we wanted or what we expected. Right. Instead, we got 66% of that, and we're left with Chris as our only main support. Do you want to just touch on Chris first and get in uh, more into Yaki and Gangnam Jin? Yeah, I think um, Chris had moments of greatness, but then a lot of moments of, ugh. So... Chris, to me, was a con... Uh, maybe not even consistent. He was like... He wasn't terrible, right. right? But his best was average. Like, I never felt like Chris was on the level of someone like Moth, Slime, Masa, right. uh, Animo, IDK. These sorts of, like, your elite Lucio players. Um, Chris did have some positives in that... For the most part, outside of huge epic blunders, which was one of the issues that Chris had, was right. it seemed like in, when he needed to be clutch, he was not. Absolutely. Um, and had some really big flun um, blunders throughout his career. But by and large, if you look at like most of map, most of his maps plays and his games played, and you could actually include Hago in this, um, the alt usage of their support alts was always superb. In fact. Despite our disappointing records, especially in Stage 1 and Stage 2, yeah. Florida Mayhem was one of the very, very few teams who I wasn't screaming at. During their support ultimates. During their support ultimates yes. in the GOATS meta. They were one of the few teams that seemed to at least understand their ultimate economy, even if they couldn't capitalize on it correctly. Right. They were making the right decisions, but just weren't having the right results from them. Um, so that is a positive, especially I want to read this quote. Okay. So because I think this surprised a lot of people where I was kind of seeing it coming because I had read this interview that the general manager, yeah, yeah oh, sorry, not enough H's, yeah, had um had done. Oh, no. Um okay. <laughs> with I guess shoe, but it says fate is a very vocal leader and pairs really well with Chris. They're both essentially the collective brain of the team. Chris does a lot of the ultimate tracking and pre-fight planning, which Fate also helps with. Additionally, Fate makes a lot of his own plans and is able to lead the team by calling mid-fight adjustments as needed. Outside of the game, both Fate and Chris are super vocal and very involved in review and strategy sessions. Okay. So, so they're keeping Chris not necessarily for his mechanical, but yes, for his leadership. leadership capabilities. So, which isn't awful. And if you're no. going to have someone who isn't as strong. That's what they need to have. A main support is the best role for someone to fall into that. However, that worries me because I feel like it, it puts a cap on your potential, right? Like, again, I've tried to list the positives of Chris. It seems like he is a good leader and especially good at alt tracking and um, alt management. 
Very good at that. Um, but this, I feel like we're going to be in a situation like the Guangzhou charge was last season. Very good team mm -hmm. with lots of good pieces. Right. But they had Chara, who was a decent Lucio, but nothing great about him. And especially Goat's meta and then um, this past like Reaper Doomfist meta that we've been having. Yeah. Something that's been integral and integral uh, integral to these uh, <laughs> integral um, been really important yeah. in these in these metas is that Lucios need to be playmakers who set up their team. Right. So they're they need to know when they can wall ride into the back line, get a boop, and then get out safely. Chris doesn't feel like one of those Lucios, and that's kind of where Chara was too. He's going to stay alive, he's going to use his ults well, but he's not doing that extra little bit that's going to give your team the competitive edge they need against another team. He's not a playmaker. Right. So that's where I'm concerned. In a different meta, that could be totally fine. You don't always historically need your Lucio to be a playmaker in that sort of way. Sure. But I feel like the standard of Lucio has reached there, so even as the meta is shifting, I could still see your Lucio trying to playmake in some way, even if it's just surprising a Widowmaker and booping them down or something right. like that. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely no way for us to go backwards from here, right? Right. We've learned the value of a Lucio setup. Mm -hmm. And just the pure fact that there is value in a Lucio setup means you need to start teaching your Lucio to do setups. Yep. Or you need to have a Lucio who naturally can do those. Mm -hmm. um, but we've seen Lucios that didn't do that in the past that have learned right. how to do this. And so it's not like it's not a learnable skill. That's true. That's true, and we have this whole off-season, and hopefully Florida Mayhem recognizes that this is the area Chris needs to improve upon. Hopefully right. Chris realizes this is the area that he's lacking, as long as and Chris they're focusing on it. As long as Chris is in this it. area, I think yeah. they'll, they'll be able to come out on top of that. So let's talk about Gangnam Jin and Yaki. Yes, so if you are a diligent viewer of the Cowell Fans podcast, you might remember that I've actually already talked about these two players because these were two of my three dream players. I'm a diligent viewer of this podcast. <laughs> and I do not remember you talking about these players. It was in our, in our preview for the World Cup. I was talking about the players that mm. we should watch and the players I think could join the Florida Mayhem. I see. When I was talking about my ideal, I thought I'd, Yaki would be the best fit for our team. Because this is a nuts projectile player who also has a tracer. Oh, great. Perfect. So, Which is literally every single hole we have in our team. That's it. So, Yaki... Right up until we need Tracer Projectile. Right. <laughs> Which maybe BQB could do, because he, he surprised on May, right? I don't think we yeah. expected BQB to have a sick May, and he had a sick May. Sure. So, I, I really like the idea of Yaki rounding out this our DPS lineup. There, yes. As you say, there's maybe room for like another Projectile player of some sort. But I like what I'm seeing. He, he fills in a lot of our gaps, and I feel much better about our, our preparedness for a new meta in 2020 than I would have felt without Yaki. Okay. And he's just such, such a good player. He's been in the um, contender scene, actually, for quite some time and has been always been a great player. He's just never been 18 until now. So gotcha. this was his first season that he was eligible. So actually a giant pickup for the Florida Mayhem. He's probably the best of the runaway DPS. So huge pickup. And then Gangnam Jin, probably the best or second best um, flex support 
outside of the Overwatch League. Okay. Um, so, again, another huge pickup, especially considering we got rid of Hago. We only had Byram on the roster. Like, Byram to Gangnam Jin, huge upgrade. Yeah. So, I, I'm just... I can't believe that what I wanted to happen not only happened, because I, I say things that I think teams should do all the time and yeah. like what players they should pick up. It rarely comes to fruition. But not only to have the what I thought were the best pickups happen, but for my team. It's nice, isn't it? What? This, mean... is, this is a weird feeling. Like, we got the players I wanted. We're having the, the off-season I wanted. And I'm like going into 2020 feeling good about the Florida mayhem. <laughs> this isn't what I've been doing for the past two years. Sure, sure. It's uh, it's new and nice. I, I think think things are looking up. Like the top comment when Gangnam Jin and Yaki got picked up was got rumored. But got got re rumored or reported by Halo. Everybody, calm down. <laughs> was that um, it was. Florida is looking kind of stacked, or Florida is stacked, or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the exact quote, but all I remember is seeing that and just like, there's not. I can't a, believe not, somebody tweeted Florida is stacked. Yeah, or just <clears throat> not commented on Reddit, and it was the top upvoted post. Right. Like usually, the top upvoted post would be like, "Sorry, man," or "Oh no, these guys are in Florida jail." Or like dumpster be, fire. Yeah, some kind of meme like, "No, give me Yaki back. Don't do this to my boy," or something yeah. like some sort of meme just dogging the Florida mayhem. It doesn't but... hurt that Florida had a good stage four. Yeah, that's I, helped I, us a ton. I guess that did help us a lot. I mean, we've made some good acquisitions. We picked up Fate. Yeah. Um, everybody already knows what Saya can do, and we've had a lot of our players perform well in stage four, as you said. So, and we released our vice colors. So I think people. People are more open to us now. Yeah. Before <laughs> we leave the Florida talks, right? I'm just gonna make mention of something that I've been I've been doing. Okay. Um, um, for those of you who do follow us on the socials, you may notice that I've been um, replying to some of Anthony and uh, Brandon's tweets, calling them cowards for not visiting us in Tampa. And they said they would. They, they said they would look into it when they actually finally. Well, they've moved here now. I'm following yep. them. They've moved here now. They're in Boca. So this is this is your official invitation slash challenge to get over here mm -hmm. and come sit at this table with us. Yeah. To the two of them, Bring to you some. guys. We're looking at you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I know Boca's far away. But I'm, I'm sure you're going to make some trips up to Orlando sometime. I know I've already seen Dom at a, an Orlando Magic game. Yeah. So yeah. I know I mean, you're making trips up there. I probably, I follow Dom, but I I, just, I don't know. I just don't connect to him as, as easily. Probably because he's not as much of a total dork. Mm. And that's, that's where I kind of live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dom out here tweeting about basketball. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> so I like anyways. Dom. Dom is welcome to come visit too. This is not. I'm, a, I'm sure he's really I, pumped too now after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just <laughs> can't talk to you about basketball though, man. I just don't understand. I I also cannot. I I try to follow. <laughs> I've been especially recently. I've been following the flesh sports more. Oh man. But basketball is still the um the one the my one area that I just can't I can't get into that sport. Yeah. But 
It's okay. It's okay. Just wanted to s mention that while we're hit sitting here talking about Florida Mayhem. Come on the show when yeah. you're in Orlando. Stop yeah. by Tampa. And for those of you who are watching, you know, just yell at them on the social media. They are social media people, so they have to pay attention to you. It's their job. Mm -hmm. And they probably prefer being yelled at about this than being yelled at for the 7,000th time about announcing our roster. So go for it. Yeah. Good time. It'll be wonderful. Except that by the time this releases, they'll probably, have <laughs> they'll probably already do it. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So moving on from one hot state to the next, we've got Texas. Yes. Two teams in Texas. Lots of things going on. We've got Dallas obtaining Gamsu, Decay, and Doha. Doha? Doha? I say Doha to separate him from Doha, but I honestly don't know how it's actually supposed to be pronounced. Okay, so, I'm so Doha for now. So we've got Gamsu, Decay, That's... and Don't Noha. And Houston <laughs> has obtained Repel and Mecco. Yes. So That's a lot. That's a lot of Texas action right there. Yeah, because especially considering On top of what else Houston has been doing and Dallas has been doing and all these other things. Right. So up until like the past week or so, I haven't been hot on Texas. It felt like Texas were going to be like rounding out the bottom three with the LA Valiant, right? Like just Florida. not looking too good. Where now all of a sudden you have a Gamsu, and they announced Note as well, being re as like they're, that's been the one person they've confirmed from their 2019 roster that's definitely joining 2020. Okay. So you've got a Gamsu Note tank line, which we literally know already how good of a tank duo they are. Like, they did the first perfect stage in the Overwatch League. It's true. They proven track record together. Decay missed their 300k. Nutty can play any hit skin or projectile player, which is one of the most valuable attributes you could have on a DP, in a DPS player. And then they get Doha, which is probably the player not everyone's familiar with. To give you some background, this is the um, the co-DPS star to Sparkle on Element Mystic. Uh. So one of the standout players, and honestly went would go a little bit under the radar just because of how ridiculous Sparkle was. But this guy was a nut in his own right. Um, was largely throughout most of his career known for his Sombra play. He has a ridiculous Sombra. So back when everyone was playing GOATS and Element Mystic was winning um, Korean contenders with Hack Fist. Right. He was an integral part. He was the hack to Sparkle's fist, right? Enabling him to be able to do what he could do and become such a hot prospect in the offseason. Right. And then I was watching Gauntlet, and so coming into this, or coming into Gauntlet, like you just assumed he was a Sombra one trick, he comes out on the Reaper. Dude stood out to me more than Sparkle on Element Mystic. His that's, Reaper was cracked. Good. He was absurd. So, so far... I haven't had to see him play too many heroes just because of the, the, the state of the meta of 2019. Right. But what I have seen him play has been, like, top of his role. And he's Good. done it now on two heroes. So I feel really confident about his ability to play whatever hero he needs to play in the next meta. So it'll be exciting to so, watch Dallas games this year. Then. Yeah, just, just still a decay DPS line looks insane but it should also be exciting to watch houston so so right. i i know mecco yes but i really don't know repel right so who's repel so repel is the he was the flex tank sub for um vancouver titans okay so was always under the shadow of twilight which makes sense like twilight was top two flex support last year right 
argument for best. Um, Repel was always kind of in his shadow. I actually don't remember where Repel comes from. I want to say Lucky Future Zenith, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But he did. you did get to see a little bit of Repel throughout the season. So he, he would sub in for Twilight sometimes. In Stage 4, they would actually have him be running a Baptiste with Twilight. Right. Um, with Twilight's Anna. And that looked good. So I'm, I'm not... I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm not as sure on Repel. But I, I feel good about it. Like, okay. I'm glad that they have someone else in that flex support role. And I think Rockus, like we already saw in the World Cup, like Rockus is good, particularly at the Ana. As long as you have another person, I think, who's competent at the Zenyatta, I feel a lot better about their flex support line. Okay. So, solid pickup. But the big pickup is Mecha. Right. Like, the biggest pickup that's happened this year and will happen. This is the single biggest pickup of the offseason to me. Not so much in name value, but like it is a big name value. Um, but just from the pure what you had to what you're getting is stupid. Yeah. Like uh, who did they have before? I don't Cool Matt and Spring. Oh yeah. And Cool Matt, like, okay, you had a you had a decent inaugural season, but totally different level of play. But going into 2019, Easily the worst diva in the league. And then you have Spree, who's supposed to be this Zarya specialist. And, like, you have this GOATS meta where all of a sudden Zarya is, like, the most important person on your entire team. And right. Spree can't even play Zarya in a Zarya meta. So, like, what's going on? Cool Matt can't play diva as a diva player. Um, Spree can't play uh, Zarya as a Zarya player. Kind of a struggle. Like, these were probably the... And still are, because they haven't been announced that they're being let go. Um, are the two worst players in the Overwatch League that are on a team that isn't the LA Valiant? Right? Man. <laughs> I'm going to be saying really, that a lot We're today. really attacking the Valiant <laughs> The today. Valiant are going to need a caveat. Because honestly, oh, man. all 19 teams are looking stacked and nutty, except for the Valiant, who I wouldn't even be sure can win North American contenders. Their players look decent. They might do okay. Man. But when everybody else is looking not so insane... I just don't feel good about them. Anyway, that's that's for another day. Um, yeah, yeah. But this is like Mecco is one of the already proven one of the best flex tank players in the game, right? Right. He's ridiculous, and to go from the absolute worst bottom of the pile to one of the best, huge upgrade for Houston, and could not have been cheap. Like there were rumors going around too that the reason Mecco hadn't been picked up until this point. Is because he was asking for a too much, and no one wanted. Like that's why New York let go of him. Supposedly, these are all rumors. Like hard, hard, hard rumors. That's kind of what like people were suggesting, right? So to see Houston, they get their new ownership, and now they're making some pretty big pickups. Like getting someone from the Vancouver Titans too is can't be cheap because he brings knowledge of their system. Right. You want that. Like someone from Shock or someone from Titans is valuable if not just for the knowledge of what those teams are doing behind the scenes. It's true. So, a gi giant pickups in Texas. And both teams are looking incredibly scary. Um, still have some questions about Dallas. Like, we don't know what their support line's going to be yet. Looking to see what that's going to be. Because from the Custa leak, they've discussed that they were looking to trade closer, which suggests to me they're trying to move in a different direction there as well. Right. So we'll have to see. And then Houston still have five DPS. Still a lot of questions about what's going on there. 
Are people changing roles? Is someone getting dropped? I don't know. Never know. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. have to see. Um, I want to jump over to China. Okay. I want to jump over to China because um, we have we have very Blizzard fan of you. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Ooh, there's my tasteless joke for the day. That, that was it. <laughs> oh man. Hold on, I have to recover from that. Okay. Hotba leaving the charge to New York, and RUI, the head coach for the Hunters, steps down. So we got, these are, Hotba is a hot ticket item. Yep. And the Hunters, by and away, the most entertaining team in the league. Mm -hmm. And their head coach steps down. Yes. This is kind of massive. They both yes. made one change, and they're yep. kind of huge. Yes, because Mecco was one of the best flex tanks who are not on the shock and Vancouver, right? I would say under those two, maybe minus Fury, like saying Hotba is the fourth main tank in the league is a, a fourth best is, a, you can you can make the argument. Flex tank. Flex tank, right? You, you, you can make the argument for that. Not to mention one of the most flexible players in the entire Overwatch Yes, we, back when 222 <laughs> lock wasn't a thing, we saw how ridiculous this guy is on a DPS and then um, we got to see him play a little bit of Hog in Stage 4. That was nutty. And then his Sigma was absolutely cracked in um, the playoffs, right. even though they weren't ultimately able to make it out of the play-in tournament. Like, still, he was one of the highlights of that team. Um, so it's hard to imagine a Guangzhou charge without Hotba because he seemed like such an integral role, especially when Rio is more of like a role player. He's not very flashy on the main tank role. Um, he just would enable Hotba to go insane. So, yeah. them losing that bite worries me for Guangzhou, even though they did pick up Krong, who was Kaiser's duo in O2 Blast, and right. they're, um, they were really good at back in the GOATS meta, which to me says a lot about their tank play. Right. Just like Gargoyle was really good in the, in the, Goats meta. In the GOATS meta. And, we, and we've seen what that translates into the Overwatch League when you enter 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Right. So... I feel decent about that, but he's a little bit more unproven compared to Hotba, who looks really, really good, who's now moving to New York, which I, I, a lot of people question letting go of Mecco in the first place. And I just said that he's one of the best flex tanks in the league. But for a team like New York, you really have to start getting picky. Yeah. Because you've been the best team not in finals every year. That's it. Like... You, you have to start making a change to figure out what needs to be different for us to get there. And after last year's season, I would agree that Mecca was the change to make. He seemed like the weakest link out of your starting six. I have my complaints about Animo, so I'd make that argument, but I can take, take a different view sure. and, and understand that I'm a little hard on him, and objectively, it was probably Mecca where more of the weaknesses were. So I like I like that they make made that change, and I actually do like this Hotba pickup, which I know a lot of people haven't because Hotba is associated with raw aggression. Yes. And New York is associated with extreme defense. True. They have a very defensive playstyle. That's what they've always been known for. But they for. haven't been able to make their defensive playstyle work for them against right. extreme aggression. So this can mean a multiple of things to me. I feel like this could be signaling a change of style for New York going into 2020. They're realizing defensive isn't working. Like The two teams in finals were the most aggressive teams in the league. 
It's true. Right? Um, aggression seemed to be working. Um, it seemed that way in stage one, too. Like, London and Philadelphia were the two most aggressive teams of the inaugural season. Right. It's, it seems like in Overwatch, that, that's the way to go. Um, and especially since they got rid of Pavane, 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 um, the guy, the, the former head coach of the New York Excelsior. He's now a, an assistant coach, interestingly enough, on London. So um, they got rid of their coaching staff. They got rid of Mecco and they've added some aggression. And they're, they're rumored to pick up players like Who Are You as well, who's also a very aggressive player. Um, so to me, it seems like they might be shifting in yeah. that direction. Um, or maybe they don't. And even then, I would still make the argument for Hoppa because Hoppa is also, he's been incredibly aggressive, yes. But he's been on, as I just said, two of the most aggressive teams in the league. Like, Guangzhou was kind of in your face, even yeah. during the GOATS meta, like, let's play triple DPS and, like, really get in there. Yeah. Um, and then continue that aggression into 2-2-2. And we know Philadelphia was one of the most aggressive teams, yeah. um, particularly during the playoff run, which is when yeah. Hoppa really started to step into the team over um, Poco. So that could just be Hoppa's very good at playing into a system. And the system he's been playing up until this point has been aggression. There's He could very well translate into a different system very well. Um, we, just, we just don't know yet. Um, but I, I like the pickup because he is a mechanically nuts player. And I think no matter what, having a mechanically nuts player on your team is always a good thing. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. So let's and see here. Chengdu, I guess, to touch on really quick. Their head coach did step down, which I'm worried about because losing RUI. Um, he, he's only stepping down because of health reasons. It's not like they were dissatisfied with him or anything, which sure. also worries me because that means they probably weren't planning for this. Chengdu is a team that, as far as we know, isn't changing their roster at all. And they were a team known for their wacky and crazy strategies. Which, but, to me, suggests that wacky and crazy strategies probably come from the coaching staff. Yes, but let's not, let's not forget, though, their wacky and crazy strategies, I think, developed out of a necessity. Yes. Because they weren't planning on Amung being their main right. tank. Right. He became their main tank, and they said, screw it. we got to make this work. Right. Right? As long as the coaching staff in general is still in a we got to make this work mentality, and they're I gonna, think they'll be okay. They're going to need to be if they're not making any changes because right. Jikirin was not the answer. I'm sorry. Unless something drastically changes over this Offseason, G. Curran is not the answer to not playing weird. Like, you're going to have to keep playing around Ameng's ball. And I, I don't know. I just, it felt like they, they lost their bite when 2 2 2 hit. A little bit. They, and I'm worried, like, we saw Team China playing. They were just playing the meta. We weren't seeing wacky stuff out of China anymore because it doesn't look like wacky stuff can work as well in the 2 2 two meta unfortunately well there's not as much wacky to do yeah and without like some guy like rui who's throughout his history like even when he was coaching miraculous youngsters was like always someone who was always coming up with these wacky strategies and kind of pushing the envelope of what overwatch could be yeah i'm i'm nervous for the chengdu hunters hmm. yeah that would be a huge disappointment honestly that would that would just Hopefully they get a good coach. Sad. Hopefully, or and if they do try to be normal, hopefully they do get another main tank. Like there, there's got to be someone out there. I don't know who. I don't really know Chinese contenders that well. I asked Balamel at one point. He tweeted me an answer and I forgot it. <laughs> but I know he's out there. 
Volumel knows he's out there, and Chengdu, you should know too, so grab whoever that guy is and put him <laughs> on your roster. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's, there's my expert analysis. What an analysis. Back to you guys on the desk. Oh my goodness. Uh, um. <laughs> yep. What yep. other team should we talk about? Um, let me talk about these Vancouver. These are rumors, right, to Vancouver? Yes, these, these are not, are not official yet. Let me nope. talk about these Vancouver rumors because, boy, oh, boy, are there names in there. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Okay, well, let's, let's, right. let's so say the, the names. The rumors are Fisher and Rujehong going to Vancouver Titans. Yes. Um, what? Kind of bewildering. When you were thinking about what the Titans would do this offseason, I don't think either of these things would have ever crossed your mind in a thousand years. But apparently, no. that's where we are. And um, I have to say, outside the LA Valiant, probably my least favorite pickups for a team this offseason. I really don't like this. Okay. All right. I'm going to argue with you. Okay. Because oh, that's, let's do that's it. what I do. I like differing opinions. Let's do it. Okay. First off, Ryu Jae-hong. Ryu Jae-hong has been a historically good and solid player. Yes. Has not performed very well in recent history. Not going to really argue with you about this one. Um, has performed very well in recent history. Did not look too hot in 2018. Looked like one of the stronger flex supports in 2019. And could start over probably half the league. Just not current flex just support. Not Titans. Just not the second best, if not best flex support in the league. Twilight. Right. So. So wasted potential. Go on. Sure. <laughs> not 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 gonna not super. Ryu Jae-hong is just sort of there to me. But they, But I, Fisher. I'll, okay. But Fisher. Yes. Fisher brings with him an inherently large amount of problems and PR frustrations. Yes. As well as just a lot of spotlight. That's Fisher true. puts spotlight on your team in a way no other player does because yep. of his reputation. Because nobody knows who the Vancouver Titans are. They're this small, unknown team. It's not even about that. It's not even about that, right? Right now, teams like New York have a have a right. reputation for being good mm -hmm. and for being likable. Mm -hmm. And that's because they have good they have good PR in between wins. Right. right, and so does Shock with getting their people to go to Jimmy Fallon and having their right. interactions that they post post online. Mm -hmm. They do that really well. The Vancouver Titans between wins really have had not a whole lot of anything. And I feel like that's a failure on them because they came in with Runaway. It is a failure on them. <laughs> it's a massive failure on them. But if you were going to say, I don't want to do any work, and I just want some spotlight on our team in between wins, I the guess. easiest way to do that is to be like, oh, let's hire Fisher. I guess so, but what was the strong what what was the strong point of the Vancouver Titans last season? What was their strongest point? That when their tank screwed up, they took care of business. Sure. Yep. Orchester General. To me, Vancouver Titans were team synergy. Sure. They had some really star players in there, but the roster worked at a, as a whole because they had this ridiculous synergy because they've been playing with each other for like three years That's straight true. that no other Overwatch League team has. Right. Now, you not only screw it up by plugging someone in, but by plugging someone in who historically does not play well in a system other than his own. It's Fisher's way or the highway. Here's the nice thing, though, right? Okay. Because, because I, Bumper does play better with others, 
Because sure. that, that, that's presumably the person Fisher's coming in to yep. swap in and out with. Okay, Bumper does play better with others, but Bumper also was kind of a feeder. Yeah. Uh, and, and there were so many times when Bumper ran in, and their team knew how to just deal with the fact that, all right, he's going to go down, and here's all the chinks in the armor that are going to open up when our main tank goes down against the other team. Right. And so they knew how to capitalize on that. If suddenly mm-hmm. they can have a main tank who goes in there and is notorious for getting out of those situations alive, mm-hmm. then not only can they have all the chinks in the armor when the rest of the team focuses down that main tank, they can mm-hmm. also have potentially their main tank still be alive. This has the potential to be a huge victory for them. I can't believe you're selling me on this. Mm-hmm. You're selling me it's on It's working, this. isn't it? Yeah, Fisher, Fisher plays Bumper's play style of but he like just die. stupid aggressive feeding, but yes, also doesn't die and gets massive value just like Bumper did, but he does it better. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have a team that already knows how to support Bumper behind him. He should already plug in well into the system. And then even though he brings a lot of drama, Ru Jae-hung should be someone who's going to be able to control things behind the scene and keep that team intact. Oh my God, it makes sense. Aha! Uh, I hate it. Why does it make sense? (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it. Good pickups from the Vancouver Titans. Listen, they're a team that's not happy with second place. They've been second place enough in their life, and they're not going to sit there and just be second place. And congratulations, Fissure, on not only being the player to be on be the first Overwatch League player on four different teams to also be the first Overwatch League player on four different teams from four different countries. Congratulations, Fisher. I'm not sure that will ever be hit again. But, okay. All right. That was, I'm boomed. Let's You're continue. Boomed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to do some East Coast stuff. I'm going to hit Atlanta and Boston. Okay. Oh, no, this is not, yeah, it's. We could talk about Boston. No, I'm confused. I'm reading my notes poorly. I'm going to talk about Atlanta, and then we'll do whatever. Okay. So Atlanta adds, um, Atlanta adds Edison and Sharp to their roster and are releasing Daco. Yes. Which Daco was a nice piece of Atlanta. Fantastic off tank, but also throughout the season. There definitely seemed like something was going on with Daco. Well, Atlanta. sure, they benched him a lot. They benched him a lot. It made no sense, especially when FRD, for the most part on Diva, was kind of hot trash. Great hog. Great hog. But um, otherwise, not too hot, right? And yeah. Daco was looking like one of the best, better flex tanks in the league, um, top five at certain points. So seeing him benched was always weird, and now it seems like now one of the hottest free agents. Although the flex tank free agency is kind of crazy. Like, we had Mecco out there, Bishu, but Bishu's also been picked up. Forgetting who else, but, like, I remember, like, looking at the list of, like, kind of who's available. Fury was gone. Fury. I think he's still Fury agent, isn't he? No. no Philadelphia Fusion. Up, okay. There it is. But still, like, Love there's me. crazy talent, actually, oh, yeah. already in this. So I'm not sure Daka's going to find a team, but I, I feel like he's better than both Hawk and FRD. So there's that. Um, and then they picked up Edison and Sharp. Right. And Sharp, formerly of the Mayhem Academy. I remember that guy, right? Is no. that not right? It's wrong. Oh, nope. Uh, Hi, my shacks. name's Lou Moore. I know nothing. He plays to the LA Valiant, 0-28. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> well, no. maybe he doesn't even play for the LA Valiant. They haven't even confirmed him yet. 
Um, Who, okay, what did Sharp do? I felt like that Sharp was, really was Team Sweden, so maybe you're thinking Florida because it's he possible. played with all of the Florida Mayhem in 2018 in the World Cup. Highly likely. That's probably where you're thinking of him. So Sweden World Cup 2018, and then also um, he played on Envy, Team Envy. Oh. Is, his most recent team. There and Sharp, kind of a nutty hit skin. Like, out of a lot of the Western players, probably the best Western hit scan outside of Owl. So like a real real potential Corey situation coming in here, a Linkser okay. kind of guy. Like, to West, we have had good hit scans. Right. And he, he looks like another Western hit scan prodigy. However, Edison. Edison. GC Busan Wave, cracked hit scan player. Just nuts. So they got two hit scan So they got players. two hit scan players. Did they, they didn't drop Baby Bay, as far as I know. Nope, so they also have Baby Bay. And <clears throat> these three guys, identical hero pools. Good. Excellent. Except maybe I think Baby Bay might have a tracer where the other two don't, but I'm not, <coughs> I don't know those players as well in old metas where tracer would have been a thing. So mm. maybe they also have tracers. I don't know. But it's very odd. And then they just have um, Erston. As their projectile DPS. Do you so need anybody else? You don't. You yeah. don't. Er, Ur, Ur, ridiculous. So Erster, you assume is going to be played, and then I would assume Edison with him. Edison or Sharp. I just don't see Baby Bay being played anymore. They did let go of End Layer, thank goodness. So they don't have four hit scan players on their team. They decided we got End Layer, we got Sharp and Edison, who can play Widow at his level and also play other hit scan players. We probably don't need just a a Widow Specialist anymore. So they got rid of End Layer. But otherwise, it's like, what? I I like, the, the, the pickups are good. But to me, something has to give. But I can't, like, Baby Bay's too much marketability for Atlanta. Like, he is the face of your team. He is. I don't see you dropping him. And really, he's not a bad player. Is he player. just going to be a bench boy? Yeah. He's, he's, re he's really a good player. So I don't really understand why you would be mm -hmm. going three deep in his position. Like, I think if Baby Bay was on the Houston Outlaws, he'd probably be a starter. Yep. Maybe Dante would edge him out in certain roles, but like especially on like long-range hit scan, I'd probably put Baby Bay in on that roster. I think he's better than Linkser right now. So I... it's 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 odd. They're like good pickups. I'd like the Edison or the Sharp pickup. Both together is weird. Like, but their DPS line, no matter what, whatever they decide on, it should look good. So I feel good about their DPS line. Yeah, it just feels weird. Yeah. They just, um, I don't know. Atlanta, they could be good, I think. But it's, it's, it's a little odd. Yep. Yep. All right, so. Gladiators. West Coast. Since my East Coast was all confusing. Right. Gladiators have, uh, are these reports, or are these, these are confirmed, confirmed, aren't they? Confirmed, Have confirmed, they have signed Birdering and Mirror as their DPS line. Yes. So, big name, at least, in Birdering, right? Huge name. But, Birdering has had struggles. Yeah. He's had some high highs. Some Even low. when he was having those high highs, though, I was, we didn't have a podcast then. Says something, um, <laughs> but also um, I wasn't I wasn't hot on him even when he was having those high highs. Sure, I always felt like Birdring looked good because Gesture Fury and Profit were so ridiculous that Birdring couldn't help but look good. 
because mm. they couldn't afford to give Birdring any attention because you had the best Winston, the best Diva, and the best whatever the heck hero he decided to play in the world mm-hmm. already going up against you. So Birdring, heavily helped by his team. Sure. And then, for the most part, couldn't even manage to look that good. Mm. Um, big name. Yeah. Big name value. Well, his tr- it's it's from when Tracer play was so popular. Right. And Well, and Widow. He was really well known for his Widow right. in the Overwatch. And so it's just like, it just doesn't, it, neither of those have the impact that they used to have. Yeah. And so you still need sometimes your Widow and you need other hitscan heroes, but mm-hmm. but they don't make the same kind of, kind of wow as they used to. So right. you take that away from him, you take away the fat, you take away, you know, as your team starts to sort of slip and other, maybe not even slip, maybe just other people got better around you and they mm. didn't improve as much. So you, now you're playing heroes that have less, your hero's pool has less impact. Your team is less able to cover for you. Mm-hmm. It's it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I'm worried about it. I'm, I'm I would love to see a bird ring renaissance, especially since Nality's on the Gladiators, and Gladiators is a team that for whatever reason I have a bit of an affinity towards. Like I've liked this team since the inaugural season. Sure. Um, I would like to see them do well, but. Bird Ring doesn't inspire confidence for me, and I would have loved to see him paired with like someone I was really confident in. Yeah. But they pick up Mirror, who, honestly, I couldn't really tell you much about him. I can tell you he's the first Vietnamese player in the league, and he's formerly of Boston Uprising Academy. Okay. And Boston Uprising Academy has produced a number of players that have gone on to do well in the Overwatch League. Like Boston, Boston is good at producing talent. Yeah. Be it at the Overwatch League level or the Contenders level. It's something they've been probably the best at besides um, Envy, well, Boston, uh, at least at the Contenders level. Boston is determined to turn a profit faster than any other team, I think. Yes, definitely um, definitely faster than um, Bird Ring was able to turn anything with profit. Oof. Ha! Oof. That was hard to put together. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it was hard to listen to. But, thanks. That's why I have a podcast. Um... And it's just this DPS slasher doesn't inspire confidence. Like, I can't tell you much about Mirror. I've heard good things. But, like, to me, he's unproven. Right. And Bird Ring, despite his name value, feels to me a bit un- coming into this season unproven after his 2019 season. So you've got two unproven DPS players. And then if we just want to look retrospectively um, at what they've done in the past, like, space, space is obviously good. Right. Space is good, and then they are they announced they have Bishu as a backup. Their flex tank role solid covered. No worries. But OGE is a bit unproven to me too. Like he's had some good moments, but he's also had some quite bad moments. And I just don't like what was real. You right. know, like was were those just glimpses of what he should be doing, or was he getting lucky and just playing bad teams? Like I don't know. so, I have a main tank who doesn't inspire confidence, and a DPS line that doesn't inspire confidence. So half the team, to me, isn't inspiring confidence right now. And with, again, how stacked the league minus LA Valiant look, I just, I I feel like this might be one of our bottom teams. Are you saying the Gladiators are purposefully bottoming out so that the Battle of LA can still be exciting? Hope, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. It it might be. They might be the one chance. Because 
it's looking like the two, the only two teams I really have big question marks on are Gladiators and maybe Boston a little bit too. But even right. Boston looks probably better. Yeah, speaking of Boston, they just picked up Aim God, who is apparently. No, no. So they why Boston. Did you, my, why do my notes say Aim God to Boston? Oh, because it was like I was 11 o'clock. I was sitting there thinking, there's no way this is right. Boston already had Aim God, didn't they? Yes. So they picked up Mufin. Is who they they picked up Mufin and they picked up Youngbone, who we've already discussed, and then they picked up Swimmer as well. Swimming, Swimmer, and Swimmer is actually a really good Lucio. I think he could be like the new best Western Lucio behind like Big Goose, um, right, Masa, and those guys. So Neptuno. So I think he could look really good. Um, great pickup for them. Mufin, a bit untested, but otherwise, Youngbong, Swimmer, really good. Their DPS line, Color Hex, already a very good player. Right. Jerry, untested. Jerry. Um, but Fusions, great. So at least they're two out of four, not three out of four. Right. But Aim God from Boston to Washington. My apologies. Is that the rumor? It, it's not rumor, it's confirmed. That's Aim, confirmed. Aim God to Washington. Oh. That's the thing. That's so, a huge pickup for Washington. Yeah. Aimgod is a very good player. Very, very good player. Back in the day, I remember season, inaugural season, The to me, the third best flex support in the league was Neko. You had Jonak, Bedosin, and then Neko, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And then they bring in this Aimgod guy who replaces Neko, and I'm like, oh, this can't be good. And then it actually turned out to be good. He seemed like he was actually better than Neko, and I'm like, holy crap, this guy is, like, kind of really good. Well, and Aimgod is one of the people who can t take a Zen and go head-to-head -head with Jonak on Zen and come out on top. Yes, one of the not, very few not, Zens who could do not that. Not all the time, but often enough that you're like, this is a big deal because... Like 40-60, it felt like. Yeah, and, and in spite of the fact that... And New Jonak York has a lot more coverage on him mm -hmm. than aim god would ever get a lot less resources right so, so that's a huge yeah so a really really good pickup but has been plagued with rumors of not meshing well with the team all of 2019 it was like where's aim god was one of the major storylines for boston um they kept subbing in persia right they like had a support line shuffle going on the, ent the entire league, just different main supports, different flex supports, and never knew what was happening and what they were happy with. And there were just rumors that he he had attitude problems, wasn't meshing well with the team. Right. Very similar to, like, Stryker, right, before he went to Shock. But we've seen with Stryker how good he can do in a team where he's able to fit into a system and get along well. Yeah. And if you're going to take let's let's say let's say the rumors are true, which I don't I usually don't like to play into rumors, but I want to make this point. Let's say the rumors are as bad as they could possibly be. Aim God is toxic as all get out, which I don't think is true. Right. But let's let's just let's just theorize that. Sure. There is no way in my mind you can go to the happiest place on earth, Washington Justice, and come out toxic. Could you imagine being toxic on a team with Ark and Corey? And Stratus. And Stratus. Like, there's no they way. Dropped no, they got him back. Oh, did they? He was a free agent, but uh, they, they re-picked him up. He's confirmed back good, on the team. Good, good. Yeah, so, no. that's your support line. Arc, first of all, Arc and Aim God support line, ridiculous. But there is so much PMA on this team, positive mental attitude. Yeah. Like, how, how, I can't imagine any kind of attitude issues actually rearing their ugly head here. 
You're just you. You're not gonna be able to not smile. Nikita Washington. Even if you like come in there all growly, look, I'm not gonna like this. You're you're gonna break, man. You're gonna break. It's true. <laughs> so I, I think pulls off his sunglasses to reveal more sunglasses. <laughs> you're gonna die. You're not. There's there's no way. There, it's it's a great pickup. I think it's the best possible team he could have possibly been going to. Yeah. Like I'm uh, this Washington are looking really good. They just. A little bit more convincing me in the uh, tank line, and I think Washington are just, boom, yeah. crazy. Okay, the last thing I have on my notes here, Kellex is going to Toronto. Yeah, so great round out for Toronto. So that was the one thing that wasn't leaked about this team, so we already kind of had an idea of right. what Toronto was looking at. And now they've added Kellex, one of the better Western main supports. Not the best, but I would say, like, above average. Not quite on the level of... Super, super great, but definitely not bad. And always always consistent, pretty good. Can make plays every once in a while. Right. And just solid. And to me, now we get to see this full Toronto lineup, and this does look like possibly the best Western team Overwatch has ever produced. So a lot they of... They're looking really solid. I think a lot of pressure in on their spite shoulders. Of the fact, in spite of the fact that they... I feel like a lot of these... We've seen teams, right, try to get... You know, Paris tried to go mostly European, yeah. and they looked okay. And then Chengdu tried to go full Chinese. Chengdu went full Chinese, yep. and nobody expected great things of them. No. And then you have Toronto, who tried to go as Canadian as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what happened. Yes. With Surefour and Agilities. That, that, yep. That's what happened. And they look good. It's, the, it's really the first time to me that someone's tried to stick in this pocket and it's actually looked and good. And it's looked solid. Right, because every other time you had questions, like even when you looked at Paris, you're like, this isn't the best These aren't European even the best talent. European Look teams. at the Outlaws, you were like, this isn't the best U.S. talent. Mm -mm. Um, it's, it's been a theme so often that you look at these teams, you try to form teams in their region, and you're just like, Sh Sh Shanghai Dragons, season inaugural season. Like We don't talk about them. <laughs> well, you looked at that roster, and you're like, these aren't the best players in a, by a long shot right. in the Chinese region. At least Chengdu got a little closer. Right. Um, so wait, a lot of question marks usually, but now you're seeing, you look at this roster, sure for one of the best hit scan players in the world, regardless of where he comes from. Yep. Amazing player. Agilities has had moments of brilliance, some, uh, yeah. some down moments, but usually when he's down, his whole team is down. But when he's hot, his whole team is hot. Yeah. So not sure if that's Agilities I mean, or his team. Seen, we've but. also, let's not forget the amazing the amazing 6K he pulled out in Contenders where Ridiculous. he went into a room and that was that. And they were just dead. With Golden Boy casting. With Golden Boy <laughs> casting. Oh, man. What? <laughs> what just happened? What? So that was amazing. That was that was it was esports play of the year, that year. It was fantastic. Um, it, yeah, and so contenders. So ridiculous. Like this guy has high highs, and even if agility isn't doing too great, you have Logics and Mangachu on the bench just waiting. This DPS line is crazy. Solid. You've got Nevix, the the one who has been who hath been proclaimed for so long to be this amazing player who we've never got to see. Finally, Nevix is out of the dungeon. Right. Exciting to finally see Nevix. Um, Kareev, apparently Western now. Let's just pretend. Listen, Kareev <laughs> and Agilities were a package deal, so we can have gamer snacks. Yes, we cannot We cannot break up the bromance of Kareev and we Agilities. Can. It has to stay. And it's, it's glorious. It's still around. And Kareev has been crazy 
looking like one of the best Anas in the league. Absolutely. Um, so crazy, crazy flex support player, and I think should pair well with Kellex. Um, I think Kellex is definitely better than Custa, and we've already seen what Kel um, Kareem has been able to do with Custa. So yeah. that's really impressive. And then Beast Halo is the little bit is the most unknown quantity, but honestly, when this guy was playing in contenders, he was nutty. His team was like never lost a single game for like ever. I think Beast Halo never played in the games that they lost. So I think Beast Halo is still undefeated. Wow. So it's bonkers. I feel really good about him. Like that I think every team can afford like maybe one question mark if you have a bunch of other strong things and their rest of their street team is strong and he's a strong question mark for me. So Toronto, yeah, this might be the best western roster we could we've ever seen and i'm so excited like for me even yeah. though i root for them like i still feel this like rivalry between florida and toronto because they both made the decision to go exact opposite directions at the exact same time it's true and then they both tanked just hard right florida mayhem tried to go full korean until stage four and then they went and then both of them both of them did really well at stage four uh, Toronto, not Toronto had a hot week one of stage four, and then they fell off again. I think Gods only ever ended up winning one match, if not any, in the Overwatch League. So, but they definitely did start. They like they they were putting pieces together, right. and you started to see a semblance of a team. And they've they've cut out the bad parts. They filled it in with pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see how both of these teams perform and I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit of a rivalry i think that's just going to be my thing in my mind yeah. but two two teams both looking good after going in their opposite directions let's see who wins out is betting on the western team is this going to work how do they stack up against the best korean teams um or the best mixed roster teams as well so yeah. just big things i'm i'm excited i'm so excited for 2020 i we'll literally 19 out of the 20 teams i would not be surprised if they win a championship that's amazing it's gonna be a blast it's gonna be a blast yeah and we'll get to uh we'll get to see just how well this pans out we'll get to see if the florida and toronto rivalry really develops or if they continue to uh push that toronto atlanta rivalry and ruin the whole world you mean the Florida? No, they were trying to push Toronto Atlanta rivalry at the Atlanta weekend. Really? They were calling it rivalry. No, they weren't. They weren't calling it rivalry. That was Valley. That's Kit Kat. Um, no, but they, <laughs> yeah, they they made they made shirts and merchandise for the Atlanta versus Toronto game. That's interesting. It but not weird. for the Florida game. No, because apparently those two teams were trying to the. They were even calling it like the Battle of the South or whatever the heck. The theory is that they're trying to push it because those two teams have. Um, nearly identical color schemes and similar Western themes, and so they're trying to push the ro the uh, basically battle of red and black. Atlanta Rain, miss me with that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, not my favorite. Not my favorite. I didn't. You're never... allowed to be rivals with the Florida Mayhem. You're allowed to be rivals with the New York Excelsior. You're allowed to be rivals with the San Francisco Shock. Those are the only teams that, in my mind have sensible rivalries for them. It, they tried to force one, man. That's, that's uh, every, happening. Almost every team is trying to force a rivalry. And really, the only two rivalries that exist right now are the LA teams and then Titan Shock. Everything Texas else... Texas teams are still there. Texas teams. Texas teams. That's true. So and really I would have said London, New York back in the day, but that's no. dead. So we'll have to see what happens. And I hope the actual natural rivalries develop instead of these forced ones. Yep. So thank you for spending time with us today. That is all we've got.
Um, be sure to follow us on socials. We're at Cowell Fans everywhere you go. Um, also, be sure to check us out. Um, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Google Play. Not, not iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, because Apple can't decide what they're called. Apple Podcasts. Apple, it is. We're not even on Apple yeah, Music. It's Apple, it's Apple Podcasts. Yep. They have a million different episodes. Oh my gosh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. I can Get barely keep up. I can't even keep up with Overwatch. How am I supposed to keep up with this? Oh man. Anyways, so that's that. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, big thanks to Popped Off. They support us a great deal and make sure that we wind up on the podcasting platform. Do we want to tease what we're going to be doing in the future? No. Okay. No. So we'll just have to find out. Tune in next time to see what the heck we're going to do. Got some big plants. Excited to show them. We do have giant plants. <laughs> well, I'm Howler. <laughs> and I'm a Lurimore. And we will see you guys next time.